It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Volume. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Sunday, May 21st, and what a basketball game that was. So excited to talk about it. As always, we're live on AMP after the games, Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, as well as Saturday, our basketball-free Silly Billy episodes. Check those out as well. Jenkins and Jones, hosted by Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. Have a good Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubbas? I'm Gardy B, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking Mike. Motherfucking Mike, coming to you Motherfucking Mike. (laughs) The trailer. You got me with the dangler. (laughs) Just to be annoying, you know me? Uh, me. A big Jenkins and Jones salute to senior executive producer Jackson Saffon. Did not use any PTO tonight. Huge Celtics fan is nonetheless joining us on the pod live right now. I'm, I'm, I'm glad someone in the fucking Celtics universe showed up tonight because God damn. <laughs> Has some nuts. Well, hold <laughs> on. Let me, um, let me, you know, we had a lot going on. I got to do my my usual fact gathering here just so I can put the topic list together. Um, Jackson, I know the Celtics uh, were favored to win tonight, I think by six points. Did they end up winning the basketball game? <laughs> they did not. <laughs> they did not. So they're they down. Not. Is that... 2-0 in the series now? They are down the exact same amount of games that the, the greatest player of all time is down. Oh, the seven seed. Now, what seed were the Celtics in this um, series? They were also the seven seed? Is that, uh, did I have that wrong? <laughs> you, yeah. Well, yeah, this is so a great right. petty the, off right here. Seed. This is a, the seven seed. The Celtics you, you are the seven seed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good job. Good, good. <laughs> 
been researching. You stake your producer of the sports podcast of the year reputation on that misinformation. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never even heard of the sport of basketball. So I wish I knew what you were talking about. The seventh seed. That, is that good? Is that a good thing to be? I don't know. Let me um let me read you a, a tweet from Jenkins and Jones Twitter correspondent Magic Johnson. In my <laughs> 44 years of being associated with the NBA, I never thought I'd see a Boston Celtics team, a franchise with 17 championships, quit. I know Celtics fans all over the world must be disgusted and devastated. The Miami Heat blew them. I assume he means blew them out. 128 to 102. <laughs> <He> blew them. <laughs> <laughs> what a typo. In, in game, <laughs> in game three. Uh, fellas, I want your opinion on this too. But Jackson, any uh, disagreement with, with uh, the words of Lakers legend Magic Johnson? Lakers legend Magic Johnson, once again, with as he always does, the, the deepest, most thoughtful analysis of <laughs> NBA basketball I could possibly hope for. God dang it, he nailed it again. <laughs> dang it, he was right. Bro, that, that ass was so monumental. Magic oh, Johnson was like... They weren't going out like this in 84, bro. <laughs> like, 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 that's how bad of an ass whooping it was. He had to reminisce four, four fucking decades ago to when y'all had fight. Like, that's how historic this ass whooping was. <laughs> God damn. I think after game two, they just knew it was a wrap. Nobody gave a fuck tonight. You know what I'm saying? Just simulate the fucking series if you're going to be like this, G. Like, it, it, nobody had any heart. Nobody tried at all. They knew it was over, and they just said, fuck it, bro. And we saw it. But it was it's just nasty to watch. There's no reason this team should be getting cooked the way they're getting cooked by this Heat squad. It's, I, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I said, like, Lucky the Leprechaun is rolling over in his teeny little grave. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, he's in one of those, like, pet in graves in the backyard. Box. In his little shoebox. He's just... <laughs> Damn, G. <laughs> oh, man. Lucky the leprechaun's hoping a coyote digs him up at this point, bro. You know what I mean? He's glad they didn't bury him deep enough. <laughs> I told you, I shouldn't have been to say since Kyrie stuffed on that motherfucker nose, dog. <laughs> and sage that motherfucker out. It's been hell if for Celtics since. If I told you guys tonight that... Jimmy Butler had the same amount of made field goals as Peyton Pritchard, and one team lost by twenty six. Bro, how? How? Did bro? You, Jimmy? Ha how, how do you have like sixteen? He was five of thirteen. He had sixteen points, sixty six, yeah. and eight rebounds. And they, his team, won by twenty six points. I'm just saying, y'all did not try, G. Y'all did not try at all. It's it, that's embarrassing. Did you think y'all had a chance to win it at all after like the first? Five yeah, minutes of the game? I did. I mean, I it was like it was not the, the most auspicious start, but <laughs> it was it was the same thing it had been for the first couple of games, which was you're like, man, are Struz and Vincent gonna they're they're gonna keep hitting him. Dang. Okay, well, like gotta close out, gotta do whatever. Like it was it was the Heat were winning, but I didn't think it was it was uh embarrassment levels until the third quarter. I mean, after the first quarter, it kind of seemed like they just didn't have it. You know what I mean? Like just a general lack of effort. You know, they just thought, you know, they 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 were playing like they weren't down 2-0. Yeah. 
You know, and they were playing like they were league, like they had some room to fuck up. And it's just, uh, it's nasty, bro. I love Tatum too, but golly, bro. So, uh, Jackson, last serious question. I, you know, someone, uh, someone tweeted, I thought it was a fair point, like, this has got to be pretty high up there on a worst losses list in franchise history. Just in terms of like the momentousness of the moment versus how bad the team was, how little effort there was, you know, it'd be down 30 points in the third quarter. Well, how do you feel about that? You obviously weren't alive for when the Celtics used to compete, as Magic Johnson was saying, but like, where, how does <laughs> right, this, right. you know, how does this sit <laughs> right, with you, thank you. Yes, correct. as the Celtics fan? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've seen a fair amount of Celtics beat reporters tweeting like this is the worst loss in 10 years, 12 years, 14 years, something like that. And I think that's probably true. I my memory isn't like perfect, but I, I want to say they lost by like 40 something or 30 something to the Lakers in the 09 finals. This yeah, that feels was like a fun, that was a fun game. Yeah, this this feels like it, it, when you're talk, taking what you said into account, like stakes importance of the Celtics coming out and putting forth like the best possible effort shot making whatever the best possible effort as a team that they could put out I can't remember something this devastating in that specific lens since the 09 finals like you had Jeff Van Gundy like literally on television like put in someone who cares like but like get like these dudes don't care like put someone in who cares I've never seen a shit like that before bro Bro, the, the, I, se- the season was on the line tonight. Like we've never seen a three zero comeback. You, you, everybody fucking knows you have to win this game, and they got blown out by twenty six points. And you know, with fucking Gabe Vincent going crazy, like it's it's just it's. I mean, we talked about you know our preview here. We were like, you know, the Celtics gonna win. It's just too much talent there, bro. That shit doesn't mean shit. Not not with those dudes. Like like you know, I've said before, you know, Tatum and Jalen might be the best duo in the league. Eh. I don't know about that anymore either, bro. It's just been it's just been embarrassing. It's I, I have been offended watching how little they care. And I and you know what I'm saying? It's it's just been that type of fucking ass in this series. Especially tonight. It's just it's just so weird as good as they are, how bad they've been in the moments they needed to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't play four full quarters. They just have they, you know, they have like these these lows, and you know, Miami takes full advantage of that. You know what I mean? They get as much as they can out of their players, most of us. And I think we've got as little as we could out of the players today. You know what I mean? And I just, like you said, with the season on the line, just not even trying. Like, you're down 2-0. You know, like, you could you could come back from 2-0. You fucked off those first two games. Yeah, home games. You are much better than this team. Y'all are losing because y'all aren't doing what y'all should be doing. The Lakers are losing because they're not as good as, as the Nuggets. The Nuggets are just better. The reason the Celtics are losing is because they're not doing what they could and should be doing. There's no reason for what's going on in the series, bro. And even the fourth quarters with Tatum not getting the ball, Tatum getting locked up, turning the ball over when he when he had. I mean, I, I hate doing this because you know, I got a St. Louis hat on right now. I love this nigga, man. But it's hard. It's been hard to watch. It's been hard to watch in the winning moments when when shit needs to be done. When you know you're the, one of the best players in the world and you and, and you're not getting it done, bro. Um, it just seems like he's, and to a degree, as good as he is and good as he's been this season, it seems like he's still not quite there. You know what I mean? He hasn't got over the hump he needs to get to be the guy. You know what I mean? And I think there's plenty of blame that deserves to go on the players. We talked a lot about Joe Missoula on this pod and the Twitter version talked a lot about Joe Missoula, all warranted, but also plenty of blame deserves to go on the players because at the end of the day, not this game, like, I mean, I mean this game, yes, but to your point, like Tatum needs to just go get the ball at a certain point in those last couple of games. 
That being said, it's sure as shit a lot easier to find the new coach than it is to find the new 6'10 wing who can average 30 a game and also play deep. Like, so it doesn't matter. Like, I I know that Tatum deserves blame and Brown deserves yeah. blame and Marcus Smart and Horford, like the heart, quote unquote, heart of this team guys deserve blame. But you're not replacing them easily, if ever. You, you like, shouldn't try not, to replace Tatum. Like, 10 or 15, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, you shouldn't, so yeah. Because of that simple reality, you just have to replace the coach. And you have to make some player personnel moves for sure, but you simply have to replace the coach after a series like do, this. Do you think they could keep the coach, but maybe he just needs like five or six weekly viewings of the town? <laughs> right. If you if you increase the amount of viewings, is it is like is it possible that he's it? just like one or two weekly viewings of the town short <laughs> of unlocking his like full? Potential? I'm actually wondering if he should change to. I this was pointed out to me this uh, this afternoon to a different Boston movie, maybe Goodwill Hunting or something. Like I don't know if like the town like let's go like be criminals and steal from Fenway Park. If that's like the mindset we need, you know? maybe I, I will like be better, honest with you. I feel like the first movie. time I really noticed Joe Mazzulu was when he was wearing the "Whose Car Are We Taking" hoodie, and I thought that was hard as shit. I love the t- I love the town. Yeah, that's a great stories time. like that are yeah. cool when you yeah. win, and when you lose, they are deeply, deeply embarrassed. <laughs> Nah, and, and that's, not even a, that's a, cause for firing. <laughs> the thing with me is like, you know, he's wearing that hoodie, which is like the real nigga is lying ever. You know what I'm saying? And then he takes Tybo classes or something. Like, like no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Let I me, know what really class he's taking, but like, no, but let you're me not really this. taking those classes if you're willingly. You're not really competing if you're willingly getting in headlocks, bro. Let me. That's that's cardio. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let me, combat let me, class. Let me though, read this. This is a story from April. Joe Mazzula practices jujitsu and willingly gets put in a chokehold to simulate the high intensity of the NBA playoffs. Uh, subhead, this isn't the only unorthodox thing Mazzula does, but if it leads to a championship for the Boston Celtics, there likely won't be many complaints. When was this? What, what, what month was it? April? April. So they were, you know, still pretty solid, right? When, in April, am I tripping? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, during the time, during at the beginning of this, like during the first half of the season, they were breaking re- breaking records for offensive efficiency. They were the most efficient team yes. in maybe NBA history for the first half of the season. They were the most efficient team in NBA history for the first. It, two and the first, of the season. you feel me? And like they become this in the biggest moments against a team that is missing their third best player. Who is twenty four points a game, and they have Gabe and Caleb cooking their ass, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, gee, right, Jimmy I, Butler didn't even have a Jimmy Butler game. <laughs> it's crazy, and they but, got about thirty. It's crazy. To me. Well, I, I mean, Spo is co- uh, choking his ass out right now. So I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> like, like, he used I mean, to it. I mean, shit, he got that motherfucker in, in the rear naked right now. Goddamn, <laughs> hey, he need to tap out, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tap out, my boy. It's that over. motherfucking vein right. in that in that forehead is bulging right now, dog. Like it's over. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't getting out of this one, bro. Tap, bro. It ain't worth it, dog. Sheesh. Um. What? Uh. Okay, Tyler. Here's a question. Bomani made a point about this uh, on Twitter, and I thought it was worth investigating. Does this force us to go back and even? further be disgusted by the Philadelphia 76ers that they blew a 3-2 lead to this Boston Celtics team? Or do you look at the Heat as so singularly representative of like the playoff Christmas spirit or whatever (laughs) 
that you that you that you like you just are in this series or do you look back at the sixers like y'all lost to these motherfuckers <laughs> I, yeah i mean like bro we talked about it you know the whole time that series was going on that was the most unserious fucking series we got this postseason between the celtics <laughs> and the Sixers. nobody wanted to win that motherfucker bro and 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 i tweeted this out uh, last night bro i was like bro give us denver and miami because these are the only motherfucking teams that showed up this postseason and have not fucked around Right, they these are the only motherfuckers who showed up, you know, in those motherfucking business suits and handled their motherfucking business. Like, I'm very much looking forward to that Denver Miami series, bro. I think that's gonna be a good fucking one. We wanted Lakers Celtics because of like their Lakers Celtics, but the two professional ball clubs are the ones that are winning. Flat the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? They got the professional basketball players to show up and do their job and play basketball whether they feel like it or not. Yeah. Whether they think they can win or not, they're going to give it everything they fucking have. We'll, and you see it, bro. We'll, yeah, we'll look ahead to that most likely series uh, in, a, in a minute. But we, uh, I know most likely. We, we, uh, uh, let's Niggas is cooked. Are you trying to think the Lakers going to come no, back? No, no. Oh, Jesus Okay, Christ, okay. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying. Jesus. That's not, Jesus. Let's not lie to ourselves. Wow. We believe in a lie, but nigga. Yeah, no, that, that, you know would, that, that, would be, that would be a bit much. Um, let me yeah. read you. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about the heat, obviously. E- Fun and easy to make fun of the way the Celtics played, but what the Heat are doing is pretty insane. David Aldridge tweeted, Pat Riley is one win away from his 19th appearance in an NBA Finals as a player, coach, or executive, which means that he will have played in, coached, or been the top decision maker for his team in 24.7% of all finals in NBA history. (laughs) I mean... That's incredible. Pat Riley's the most Italian, non-Italian in history, so I'm always very happy for his success. But, like, you have to just see this, man. Like we said, like, this is the ghost of playoffs present, right? Like, this, yeah. like there's just something about a dude like that that is so – I, I mean, so you got to start giving credit there because that's insane, 24.7%. Yeah, I, hey, I, I grew up thinking this motherfucker was Italian my whole life. Like, the Armani I thought suits, he was Italian low-key, yeah, though. The Armani suits, the, the stint in L.A., the stint in New York, the, the stint in Miami. Back. Right, yeah, but but bro, this no, he was from like Kentucky uh, he, he or some was, shit, right? He he was he played uh, for Adolf um, Rupp. Like goddamn, that's like yeah, police uh, Italian. He's not affiliated or nothing. No, Pat Pat Riley is uh he's uh Guido fishing. You know what I mean? Like he's, <laughs> <laughs> he liked the he's, style. He's he's he's, he's wop fishing. Jersey he's Shore out here, fishing. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's Jersey fishing. He he got the slick back hair. You know, he got the Armani suits. Yeah, no, he's uh he's Italian, but he's not Italian. But he's Italian. That's how, that's how I look at it. I'm counting. I it. feel you. I'm counting this shit. I'm writing the order sons of Italy. I would America. too, bro. Like, I would a, too. I ain't mad at club. it. <laughs> he's he's more Italian than Mike Tarico. I'll tell you that motherfucking much. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Tarico. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Mooley. Yeah, rank the Italianness of Joey Gabagool, Mike Tarico, and. Uh, <laughs> Fucking Pat Riley. Pat Riley's number one. He's got to be number one. Easily, easily, easily. Um, okay. In terms of the the Heat, I mean, I think one of the things that this playoffs has definitely shown, and this is why the NBA is looking to do the midseason tournament, looking to do everything they can. There is no argument for being invested, particularly in the regular season. At this point, you have the Heat as a play in team, absolutely dismantling 
the top two, the two teams who I don't know. Could you were you even allowed to bet on anyone to make the finals out of the East besides the Bucks and the Celtics? No, <laughs> you know, not a chance. and they're absolutely dismantling dismantling them. But the, you know, for all of the and they're doing the no one believes in us narrative on television as we speak. Like, if you look at the numbers, the actual statistics of these same players in the regular season. It doesn't make sense that they're doing what they're doing right now. So what is that? Is it truly just that the regular season is an 82-game preseason and we should not be looking at anything other than what we've seen from people in the playoffs? Like, How do we evaluate this Heat team based on what they're doing in the playoffs compared to I mean, we. I know we made fun of John, but all three of us were on the same shit with the Heat at the end of the yeah. You said season. the same thing. You we looked at him and you to, said, "Yeah, we don't that need was to see any game. more yeah. games of this yeah. team." And then right, as soon right, as right. the playoffs started, it's like, okay, now we're in the regular. Like now we're really playing. Now so, it really matters. So right. Tyler, how do we look at this team and evaluate what all of that <laughs> means at this point, bro? Like, like when we had the whole little playoff preview, my dumbass said. The, the heat are done. I don't think you, you know, we, I know they flip a whole different switch in the postseason, but this team just looks like they don't have that gear. And here the fuck they are about to go to the finals, right? Like wrong as fuck about them. Wrong as fuck about the Bucks. Wrong as fuck about the Nuggets. Um, I, I think that, that, that when, when you talk about the postseason and you talk about the regular season, it just, we just can't fucking overlook coaching. Like, I think that's a mistake we made in our predictions for this fucking, you know, heat um, Celtic series. You can't mm-hmm. o- uh, underlook the guys who, you know, the, the fucking, you know, the coaches who have been here year after year after year, who knows, you know, the, the whole different fucking speed and the whole different approach that, that postseason basketball is versus regular season. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just at the point now where, like, of course, you know, we can we can glean things from the regular season. We can see teams that look for them, teams that have weaknesses and such. But. I mean, when it, when it comes to the postseason, you you also have to take into account the, the guys who've been there, the coaches who've been there. Like that's that's my main takeaway from this postseason. What's wild to me is like coaching matters so much because if you look at the Heat, their team is not as good, but everything looks so much easier on the offensive end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And no matter how much better you are, if you're taking difficult shots and NBA players are taking open shots, good shots. It's going to be hard to beat the team that's getting taking those open solid shots, and like the Celtics, it's like everything's defended. They make they they make a, they do a good job of making it difficult for you. So even if you're a great player, you have to really work. And I mean that's what you know. I wasn't thinking about. I mean we would we didn't see it either. You know prior to the offseason. but that's what they've been doing. Is like yes, the Celtics are way better, but the Heat are going to make it difficult for a team that already makes it difficult on themselves at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the, I mean, even the Nuggets series too. Like a lot of times watching the Lakers, I'm thinking, I hope this guy makes this shot. And when people miss the shots on the Nuggets team, I'm shocked that they missed the shot right. because they're getting so much better looks. And so that's what these teams are good at, getting what they want. You know what I mean? Even though the, the Heat aren't as good, they get what they want and they make it hard for you to get what you want another end. And that equates to wins in the postseason, especially when you got motherfuckers that, you know, like I said, will clock in and work hard and play hard on both ends of the court. You got guys that are sold out, you know what I'm saying, for 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 Spolstra. And I feel the same way for Mike for, for, for Malone. You know what I'm saying? I feel the same way. 
I, I, I know it's some. I was gonna say I know some some Hoosiers ass shit to say, but this postseason has shown us that the team that moves best as a unit is gonna beat the more talented Facts. teams. Facts, right? Like, Facts. like, like you, you look yeah. at how how the Nuggets made light work of, of Phoenix. Like, you know, fucking Devin Booker and KD. That if we're talking just straight talent duos, that's probably the most talented duo in the NBA, right? And those mm-hmm. motherfuckers had to be historic to get perfect. to right, literally <laughs> right, perfect, right? They had right. to be historic to get those two wins out of, out of that fucking series that they got. So, so that's been my big takeaway from this postseason is the teams that move best as a unit are advancing here, and and, and that's what we're going to see with Denver and Miami in this finals. That, that's a good way to transition into talking about the Nuggets-Lakers series. Jackson made the point before we started recording, um, and Jackson, I'll let you make your own point, but you know, just that like both of these teams, the Nuggets and the Heat, are sort of the antidote to some of the complaining people have done about the free agency super team era. Right, Jackson? Mm-hmm. He's unmuting his microphone. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, I, sorry. Uh the, I mean, like the Heat, Jimmy Butler is the big free agent acquisition. They didn't draft Jimmy Butler, but four undrafted players. They drafted Bam. Like they, they have had their coach for a long time, which is also a thing we see less and less of in the NBA. The Nuggets, I mean, Melo hasn't been there as long as Spo, but like they've had their coach through some ups and downs. They drafted all of their best players. They drafted Jokic. They drafted Murray. They drafted Michael Porter. Mm-hmm. Like this is and and talk and to the point you guys have been making the whole pod specifically the last segment, and they play as a unit mm-hmm. on both ends. And it's the most cliche-ass, Republican round ball-ass <laughs> thing to say. But that, that it's, it's real. Yeah. And and I think that it's it's really fascinating to see that now, to be that also d- those things, those boxes to check, don't necessarily automatically make you great. The For Celtics sure. drafted all their best players. They're not, they, they collapsed in historic fashion. It doesn't automatically make you great. But it really is interesting to see that the two best teams in the play, playoffs this season, the two best teams, which means the two best teams of this season, have done it in the antith- antithetical way to mm-hmm. much of team building and team success in the last 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun to watch. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie doesn't just get your home projects done. Angie gets them done well. With 20 plus years of experience combined with new tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. My wife and I own our house. We definitely have the home improvement bug. Been doing a lot of work on the house lately, and I will for sure be using Angie because instead of calling around, getting quotes from all these different places, like we just had turf put in the backyard, it took me three weeks just to get the quotes. We can pop our zip code and the project we want done into Angie, and boom, we got the quotes for the different contractors who can do the work right there. With over 220,000 pros in our network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job well done. Angie can help you get the best price for your project. Angie has projects that are priced up front and clearly lays out the cost before you buy. Angie has cost guides that will tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area as well. With Angie, you can request quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps. The pros in our network are locally based. The pros have been rated and reviewed by others in your area who have actually used their services. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the website, you can have Angie tackle your home service project from start to finish, or you can research and connect with local pros for your specific project. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, let's talk about this Lakers Nuggets series. Has it? Has it, Mike? Has it been fun? (laughs) You know what? It's been fun. It has actually been fun. As much as I hate seeing the Lakers... Bron go out like this, watching that Nuggets team. Like we talked about this, probably we were like when you went into the motherfucking series, and we and you said, "Bro, you know what I mean." And I know I was that's nasty work. That's nasty work. We were going to need the refs to be on our side. We were always we, going to need the refs we were, to get it. The Lakers we were, were always going to need the refs to beat the Nuggets, bro. That we when we talked about that team because constantly because we can't have these lows we have, yeah. and we'll. Like last game three, first half, I mean first quarter, they got to a lead. You know what I'm saying? We kind of figured it out, and then they and then they run run off at the run off at the, in the fourth because we don't we have these lows, and you can't do that against a team like this that plays you know in the way they do as a team constantly, bro. And the thing is too defensively, like we talk about both ends of the court, they don't they don't have like a guy that we know is like a dog. Like, you know I mean? It's like the defensive dude. You know what I mean? They have some solid guard defenders. But uh, but they are they are in the positions they need to be in, and, and they're not late with switching the transition and shit like that. They have a head coach who understood from the beginning of the season we don't have defenders on this team. We have an incredible KCP, offense. KCP, Bruce Brown. Yes, you know, they but that, but yeah. like, we don't have a they don't have a system defense. So what they have is an incredible offense 
I mean, KCP is not there if he if he's just if he's only playing defense. It's not the way they put the team together. For sure, right? for sure, for sure, for sure. For and sure. so what he did all season, and I, and be you know because Peyton's there, I've watched a lot of Nuggets games this year. He convinced mm-hmm. that team, I need you to play hard on defense. I'm not expecting you to be great, <laughs> but we need some runouts for Jamal Murray. <laughs> you know, like, and we need you to just gum it up sometimes. And like KCP's done a great job of that in the Lakers series, absolutely. Jokic still is like. Good enough on offense that that's <laughs> that's what he you know needs to he's do. He's not food on defense though. I think yeah. I, I he's not. But but it's but it's because they, yeah, exactly, but it's because exactly. it's because they they're all playing hard and and that it, is like so you you said it. It's sad to say that, but the two teams that have played hard every game you've seen are going to be in the finals. And there's teams but, like the Lakers with two all time greats on the team, and you can't say they played hard every every game. You look at the Celtics, one of the most storied franchises in the history of sports in America, with two all NBA players. You can't say they played hard every game. Like that's a wild thing to say, but it's true. <laughs> and also one thing too, like even with the Lakers, you can't say they played smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many times do you look at a shot? And I, I talked about like them getting the shots they want. But they also t- the shot selection is so good for the Nuggets, bro. Like you don't look at shots like that's a bad shot. So partly it's not you know partly it's the decisions they're making on offense is when they're when they're shooting the ball. The person that I, I remember playing uh I was playing two K with uh Swaggy P, and he shot the ball with a nigga. I don't forget the nigga it was, but I remember him yelling, "Not him!" You know what I mean? While he was playing, right? And that's what we getting a lot of from our side. Not him. You know what I mean? You or don't not get there. that. No, not there. What are you doing? You don't get that as a fan of the Nuggets right. or while watching the Nuggets. You feel me? So yeah, man. Like it's it's that like it's it's a they play. They're not not all of them only are playing hard. They're playing smart. And that's that's how you win basketball games, regardless of talent. That's how you play a team like the Phoenix, where it has two gods, and make it difficult to the point where they have to be as near perfect as a basketball player can be to win two games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Go, going off what you said, John, there's an incredible moment in Game Two when Jamal Murray was thinking it up that first half, and mm-hmm. Michael Malone told him, "I don't care if you're missing, keep shooting." And he came out right. and had that incredible fucking second half. Was right. it was it eighteen in the fourth? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, he went something like that. Crazy. Yeah. And 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 that's twenty three in the fourth. Jesus yeah, and, Christ. And, and and that lends to your point. It's that Murray wasn't taking dumb shots. The just shots just weren't. They just dropping. weren't falling. Right. And and when he went crazy, I remember thinking. These are good shots. He's hitting great shots. And the on the in the offense they were running, like they ran, it was like a down screen and a rescreen or some shit. And I mean, like, uh, I think uh uh Schroeder was guarding him. I mean, no, it was uh Vanderbilt. Just at like, bro, got caught in the underscreen, nigga, six feet away, butt naked. The man just hit three threes prior to that. And so, like, dog, like the, every shot he was making, those 23 points were good, makeable shots. Even though he was on fire, it wasn't like he was doing heat checks, and they still was getting that, knowing he was hot. We couldn't do shit with him because the office they run. You know what I mean? Um, it does it feel to you guys? I mean, I I'm you know look, we're all old sports fans at this point. Vinny's taking it hard, but to me, by the end of that game last night, it was like that's a better team, bro. I mean, I, like it, it like made my peace with it. It is it is, I, and that's how I felt. Y'all know that's how I felt coming into the season or coming mm-hmm. into the series. It was like I felt great about the Lakers' chances against the Grizzlies. I felt great about their chances against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are just a different team, man. Like they're they're a complete team. They all know their roles, and 
as soon as Murray had, I think I want to say it was the second game of the playoffs that he went off for like 37 or something. And they interviewed him afterwards and he was getting emotional talking about coming back from the knee injury. And it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, well if that dude is that dude, this, this means something. Different. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what is I mean? It, let me go back and revise everything I said about, <laughs> about the playoffs or whatever. So, um, I, did it make it, does it make it easier for you guys to be like, Hey, like this just, that's just a better team. Or is it still like we're losing one of bronze last year's here, potentially whatever. Like how, how do y'all feel about the series in your, it, where are you in the process of grief for the Lakers season? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm firmly at the acceptance stage. Like, like I'm not even phased at all. Um, I remember, you know, in, in the group chat, I was telling y'all that, that, you know, the Grizzlies were food. The Warriors are food. Nuggets had me stressed though. I told y'all that before we even fucking met mm-hmm. these dudes, right? And I picked mm-hmm. the Lakers a series because my whole thing was, was you know, healthy Braun, healthy AD have never lost a playoff series. We truly don't know what their ceiling is. These motherfuckers hit their ceiling this series. I'll tell you that goddamn much. Did they hit their ceiling so hard and scorch their fucking neck in their shoulders? I'll tell you that goddamn much. So, nah, it's 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 for sure not at all like like hurting or, or, or disappointing. The Nuggets are a machine, not, and, we, and I've said, you know, that they're, they're the best team this postseason. So, you know, even though I thought that, that the Lakers had a chance to pull it off because, like I said, we didn't know the fucking ceiling of Bron and AD, but Bron isn't 100% here either. Not making excuses, nope. but it just is what it, it is. It just is and what it yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, and, and and like I said, these Nuggets are a fucking machine. It wasn't like me me sleeping on, on Jokic, right? Like I told y'all before, I was wrong as fuck about this Nuggets team. And my, my concerns with this Nuggets team did not have anything to do with fucking Jokic or, or Jamal Murray, right? I was like, bro, they don't have – I don't know how you can play so many Jokic and MPJ minutes and not have a defender out there. And Aaron Gordon stepped the fuck up and, and, and assumed that role this, this, this postseason. Fucking Jamal Murray is going 92 MJ out here, right? They are fine in regards to my major concern about them. So – so yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm friendly in the acceptance stage. Um, you know, good job, good effort from the Lakers, but these Nuggets are a fucking machine, and I don't think any of us would be surprised if they win it all. To me, like you know, they, offensively they're great, right? But that that team defense we talk about, they remind me of the team, the Lakers team that beat them. You know, what I'm saying in in the in the playoffs in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean where Aaron Gordon kind of plays that grimy-ass Dwight Howard role. You know what I mean? Got a great big that's playing solid. You know, Dwight uh, 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 Murray's playing great. You know what I'm saying? Like, they kind of remind me of how they – like they, the defense is where they really stretch, stress you the fuck out and, you know, and, and, and win games. But obviously they're great on offense as well. But, uh, but yeah, man, like, I don't I'm – not, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't – game three, I didn't yell at the TV once. I mean, you know what I'm saying I, like, yeah, I think the other thing, too, is like, you know, the Lakers come into this, uh, unlike the Boston Celtics, who were, you know, favored to come out of the East after the Bucks lost uh, by quite a bit. Um, the Lakers came into this series as underdogs. The Nuggets came into it as the favorites. And they just they had to play like we hadn't seen them play in order to be needed this to Nuggets take team. another step. And I think, as Tyler said, they're doing the um, Mitch McConnell turtle turtle. Like they 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 hit the ceiling. Their necks don't exist anymore. Like they hit it going as fast as they could, and you know it it is what it is. But um, I I have to say I'm incredibly impressed by. I'm impressed enough. I'll I'll uh, adhere to his bizarre name request. I'm incredibly impressed by Michael Malone. Uh, Mikael Malone. <laughs> Mikael. <laughs> because, you know, they're the one seed 
after the Bucks went out, I think everyone's kind of looking at the Nuggets like, uh. <laughs> you know, that was a that was a, a potential really big uh, a hurdle in the road. Like this could really be the 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 Nuggets year, and he still has every member of that team with the like we believe Warriors mentality as the fucking one seed. Because why? Because Stephen A. Smith is talking about the Lakers who have a million times more fans than the Nuggets, but he has the whole locker room acting like psychopaths. Like, we're going to fucking show them that our two-time MVP deserves some respect. <laughs> like, we're a one seed that's capable of reaching the finals. <laughs> like, I, it's, I've never seen anything like it, but you can see the genuine anger coming out of him in these press conferences and it's reflected in the way that his team is talking and responding to him and that ultimately when you have dudes this good that's such a huge part of coaching that motivational aspect and i I don't think he could be doing a better job than he currently is doing yeah he's been talking spicy as fuck and it's been bleeding over into like his players like like you know jamal murray was saying shit like when we go to the finals and shit and i was watching that shit like bro this is going to be like the greatest highlight reel ever if they lose to the lakers but there will be no highlight reel because they are going to beat the fuck out the lakers in advance of the finals and like you said you know malone had got his guys to buy into that because they for sure play like like they have a chip on their shoulder it's so fucking evident for the Lakers to win, not only were going to play great, but I thought that the Nuggets just might have to nut up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys not step up because it's fucking the, the conference finals. They had a chance to make it to the finals, and they kind of, like, tighten up a little bit. But they're, ha- they're, they're having no nut November right way. now. Yep. You, you said what? I said they're having no, what? Nut, no, no nut November right now. Oh, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> they ain't touched their dick in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't even touch their dick when they pee. They just pull the motherfucker out and let it just, just you know what I mean? They're going crazy, bro. So, yeah, man, them boys, the co- coaching has turned that around and made guys feel like yo we supposed to be here fuck what they thought and yo yes they're the number one seed but we weren't respecting them and yes the lakers are a bigger draw so the media is going to talk about the lakers more even in nuggets wins but also i get why they would do turn it into fodder that's smart you know what i'm saying so i i I think you know i get why the media did what they did and we're talking the way they were but i also get why the nuggets turn it into like Yo, my nigga, put some respect on the name. They didn't lose. Yeah. We beat them. It's, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's it's this weird um, incentive. It's actually not weird. It's actually very simple that media packages are put together for people who will purchase them. Right. Like, you yeah. know, like there's more people listening to this right now who are bummed the Lakers are losing than they are happy that the Nuggets are winning. That's just even, yeah. even factoring in Lakers haters. You know what I mean? So like yeah. that is what it is. And, you know, part of me as I was watching his press conferences was kind of rolling my eyes like, yeah, the fucking we believe one seed, like boo goddamn who? Like, you don't like the media attention is not the reward for winning. Winning is the reward for winning. You know what I mean? But it's so apparent that what he's doing is for his team. He doesn't give a fuck about the media. If it gives you a chip, fuck what anybody says about He doesn't give a a fuck if the media is giving Jokic (laughs) enough credit. He wants Jokic feeling like he's not getting enough credit. And there's no doubt in my mind that he's succeeding at that shit. So salute to him. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I would love for the Lakers to win game four. (laughs) I mean, look. look, Just something. Give us something, man. You feel me? I'm not mad at Malone because, I mean, the fact is we have a guy staking his claim as the best in the world who could be perhaps stepping into his era. And it seems like everyone's doubting him all along the way when if this was someone else, if this was another player, I think there would be like a whole little coronation ceremony, like everybody kind of rooting for it. You know what I mean? And we're just kind of brushing this shit under the rug. So I get Malone's frustration there. 
Um, I'm even with Giannis because even with Giannis, people talk shit, but as he was doing his thing, motherfuckers were like, "Oh shit!" There was that, like you yeah. said, there was that coronation right. there for Giannis, and that was the year I think that Joker got the the MVP, and then Giannis had that fifty point triple double. So you're you're exactly right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what seems to be an inevitability of a Nuggets Heat Finals. This will be the round where I do not say blank team just has more talent than the heat. I'm not going to fucking say it. (laughs) I'm not going to say it. I do believe that it's true to an extent, but I'm not going to (laughs) say that shit about the heat. Um, I have already gotten very excited about this series. I think that first of all, if you're a hoop fan, I don't see how you don't love every single thing about the fucking Miami heat right now. You, I don't see how you don't love Jimmy Butler going forehead to forehead with Grant Williams talking shit. Jimmy Butler doing the timeout back at Al Horford today. Oh man, I mean, petty, like, petty, petty, petty guy. Like, how do you me? not love them? But that's this. This is. I mean, bro, that's hoops. That's I, bro, hoops. I love that kids grow up with a healthy view of sports, and that all these kids are friends with each other. All the elite kids that go up into the NBA together. I, I would never one of the people who complained about that with like the Braun generation of hoopers. But this is more fun for television, bro. It's just more fun for television to see motherfuckers talking shit and backing it up the way that the Heat are right now. And then they're right, they're going to run into a Nuggets team that, as we said, I mean, they are a fucking machine with a chip on their shoulder that they, whether they do or don't deserve it, they are the best team right now and have been each round of the playoffs as we've discussed. So how do y'all feel about this series? What's your excitement level at? You know, what are you most excited about? I'm super fucking excited for this series, and I feel like giving a prediction disrespects whatever team I pick against, right? Like, like that's where I'm at with this. Like, um, you, you, you know, like you said, of course, you know, the Nuggets are the more talented team, but talent hasn't meant shit to these fucking, you know, to, to this fucking Miami squad throughout this whole fucking playoff run. Um, it's I'm very much looking forward to it because you know, like I said, bro, these are the only teams this postseason who have not played with their food, have came here to take care of business. So they don't play with their meat at all, Tyler. They They don't play with their meat meat at all. (laughs) 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 As good friend of the pod, Doc Rivers once mentioned, Um, (laughs) our buddy BDDR, (laughs) yeah, BDD baby. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this series so much, and I can't believe there's motherfucking dork out here who are playing armchair you know tv execs like oh make up the ratings fuck the ratings motherfucker these are the two best fucking teams of this postseason the two teams who get after it who played the most beautiful well executed basketball i'm super fucking excited for this series i think this is the one for the hoopers bro we got the warriors lakers and that was you know play the hits yeah. you know what i mean that was top 40 you feel me this is it this is the this is the you know this is the album cuts Right here. This is the one for the Hoopers, bro. Like, and you said, like, bro, I could s- talk all day about how I think the Nuggets are a better team. That don't, who gives a fuck? It don't matter, bro. Like, it hasn't mattered the entire playoffs. The most talented team in the playoffs got their ass kicked the first round. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, due to, to the C team, I'm really just interested in seeing how Spo mucks it up. For because you know how, what he's gonna do to make it easier on his guys yes. and how he, what the bra- like you know the brain part of it like you know what I'm saying like what is he gonna do to muck it up for these boys on the offensive end because that's the only way he's gonna win and, and and if anybody got the motherfucking supercomputer to do it is Spo but uh yeah Mike Malone has his guys playing great there he has a solid 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 good team bought the fuck in and same for the for the for the you know the Heat and and they got that supercomputer on the other end and I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup you feel me yeah. 
All right. Uh, or maybe we'll have the first ever, uh, you know, maybe we'll have two of the first ever 4-0 comebacks. I don't think Scott Foster's got it in him. I'm just going to personally challenge him, man. You know, I don't think you got the juice anymore to get the Lakers out of the fucking Western Conference Finals. Bro. It's over, man. It's over, Mike. You no, know, he's got, I like, think you got a little, like, got a little bit of hope in you. you just, just, just stomp that shit out, baby. You know what I mean? It's easy that way. Uh, any hope I had was extinguished when Braun ran his left shoulder into Scott Foster's whistle and fucking <laughs> smashed his lips in holy shit Jesus Christ. um all right uh we will see well we talk about the fight oh y'all want to talk about the fight to. we don't have to no 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 go ahead okay okay yeah, yeah. Go, tyler you go go first tyler go you go um you know we, we well, I, for, I, I hold, on, hold on hold on hold on haney loma haney yeah yeah. Did you? Did you? Did you? You already pay attention, did you, Mark? You I was logged completely boxing. the fuck off after the Lakers <laughs> lost. Who won the fight? Okay, who okay, won I, the get fight? It. I respect. No, but, that. No, but, set, but set it up for me. Who? Who won? Go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. Devin Haney versus Loma Lomachenko. Um, you know, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, Haney's the guy who's kind of on the ascension. He's he's still hasn't yeah, had, sure. fought his best matches, and Loma's best matches are behind him. You know, and that was the whole dynamic there. But um, a lot of people are saying, you know, Haney won on the cards. He's the champ. And, you know, the, the old fucking boxing adage is you can't beat the champ on the card. You got to take the belt from him. A lot of people think, you know, Loma got robbed there. Um, but, but you know, we had this conversation in, in the group chat. And I was like, bro, I, I mean, that's just the game. You know, you, you're you not going to beat the champ on the cards. I'm I'm looking forward to the next steps here. Like, I think the fight a lot of people want is Shakur Tank. Um is 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 what's the next? I'm I'm gonna lean into. I've your got my hand expertise. fully on my dick. Yeah, <laughs> this is not no nut November over here, brother. I'll tell you that. I'm gonna lean fully Shit. into it's, your it's expertise. It's mucho not May. It's mucho not May for John Big right facts, now. Big facts, baby. <laughs> Love the alliteration. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean fully into your boxing expertise here, John, because you know Shakur showed up. You know, and he was in the motherfucking ring after the fight, talking shit about how Haney didn't want to see him. So, is Haney Shakur? Is that the prelim to whoever gets Tank? I think Tank is a cash cow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think you got to earn your way to Tank. You know what I'm saying? After this showing that Devin had, I don't know if he'll have the opportunity to fight Tank. I think he's fucking food. I don't think he'd want to fight Tank right now. Maybe he wants to get the bag, but those belts are not, you know, Tank is going to sit his ass down. But I think, I don't think he's beating either of them. I think he's going to, I don't know where he's going to go. And, and also, he won on the cards when he got all the belts. He won on the cards. It was a dominating win. He jabbed the nigga to death. You feel me? It was a dominating win. But you know what I'm saying? He he won on the cards. To me, like Loma Chico, like you said, he's supposed to be the guy that's coming up. Loma's was 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 smaller. How how you let the smaller guy bully you? You saw the fight? Yeah. Loma was getting pushing all up the in pace. his body. Yeah. He he was all up in his body, pushing him around. You feel me? Like, bro, he 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 made the pace. He completely cooked him in the se the second the second half of the round. His best round was round ten, and one of the one of the go uh, the judges gave that to not not it wasn't a tie gave that shit to uh De Devin, and it wasn't even close. The fix was in, and so I think that the issue isn't like not you just can't win on the cards. I feel like bro, like boxing is wrestling at this point, bro. Mm -hmm. We're like they they're trying to set up things for the future, and I think the thing with this is like. Have Bill Bill his his father said that you know it the fight wasn't even close, nigga. Like we didn't watch that bitch. Like we didn't watch your son lose. I get how you you know that's your son and all that, but like that's a, don't you ain't gotta lie. And also you ain't gotta lean into the fact that you know what I'm saying that you beat him if you Devin 
knowing that everybody watched the same fight and nobody thinks she won. Every fighter that watched it didn't think he won that fight. Thought Lomo, every fighter, Bud, Shakur, you know what I'm saying, Errol, all the big names, Garcia said that Lomo won that fight. And you and you gonna walk around with them belts talking shit like, you know what I'm saying, Un, like, bro, you looking like food to these niggas. So Shakur, I th what I think was after this fight, because he had mentioned Shakur, I'm thinking I'm staying at 135, because him and Shakur grew up sparring, and there was always debates on who was going to be the better fighter. Shakur was in the Olympics, going to the Olympics, and old boy's under Mayweather. Mayweather said he's going to be the GOAT. He went to Mexico and started fighting there. Started at like 17. He's a prodigy, right? So it's going to be them meeting. And I think they was going to meet next. But I think after he got cooked, and we, bro, like, Lomachenko has, you saw his feet, nigga. The nigga's like fighting a ghost. You feel me? Yeah. And also, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got a weird rhythm. And boxing is about rhythm. You can figure somebody's rhythm out. You got him. He figured that motherfucker out in the fifth, sixth round. You feel what I'm saying? And Devin just looked confused. And you know who else fights? You know, with has great feet. And also, like, you can't really... Shakur. And I think they was talking about having that Shakur fight next. Shakur was in the ring because they was going to do a little shit talking. And Haney ran his ass about the ring before she could bro, talk to bro. Shakur. Because Shakur saw food and was going to tell that bro. nigga exactly what time it was. You Did you me? see that pic of Shakur looking at him like he was food in that ring? I, I posted it on his... Shakur posted on his IG. Like, you know what I'm saying? My my destiny is here. You feel me? Mm. He looked at that, that image. He looked at this nigga like, ooh. And Shakur, after he beat... His last fight, he said, I'm going to tell y'all some shit. He said, me and Tank, and the Shakur don't, he, ain't, he, ain't, he, he don't never cap. He give it, if he think you a bum, he going to tell you a bum. If he think you a dog, he going to tell you a dog. He said, me and Tank will be a good scrap. I think that's the best fight in boxing, I agree. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because Shakur doesn't get hit, and they both have supercomputers. Loma has a supercomputer. Haney ain't got that supercomputer where he just figures motherfuckers out. Yeah. He's athletic, he's bigger, he uses his athleticism. These niggas got supercomputers, you know what I'm saying? But dog, like I, I he, but he, but Shakur said after that last fight, he said, not only am I gonna beat Haney, I think you'll be surprised when I make easy work out of him. Mm. Tank, I'm gonna have to, you know what I'm saying? But but Haney gonna be easy work, and I believe that shit. And I and to be hundred percent honest, I know Tank is a big draw as a cash cow, but I think Shakur is the motherfucking one. Yeah. That nigga's boxing IQ is not like anybody's I've seen at his age. He was fighting like Mayweather two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mentally, not getting hit defensively. And now he got some pop. He's sitting on his punches. This motherfucker's standing right in motherfucker's face, not get hit. You feel me? Mm. And that's what's going to be difficult also for uh, for um, for uh, Tank as well. But that's going to be a good scrap. Tank got that equalizer. He can sit anybody. He can sit a horse down, unlike me. Sit a, <laughs> sit a bull down. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Like I, that that last night's fight. All my dude, I got. I ain't gonna put his name out there because he said he don't want to. He don't want to uh, uh, disparage Haney in front of the white people. <laughs> but he said, "I'm gonna text you. I'm gonna text you personally and say that white man beat Haney. You feel me?" <laughs> he said, "I ain't gonna say nothing for the white people, but Haney lost that fight. All my niggas, regardless of your, your rooting, you know what I'm saying. What you who you rooting for saw saw what was going, what went on last night, and the whole and and that and that really deep." You know what I'm saying? Uh, a weight class that really deep. You know what I'm saying? A uh, weight class is bro. He looking like food to everybody. Them, them them belts ain't his for too much longer. So so do you think that we're getting um, Haney Shakur before the year is out? Because Haney's someone who talks a lot of shit, and Tank has been talking shit back to Haney like, bro, line it up. And Haney has been super quiet. You know when those shots get thrown his way. I think the thing is, this is this. I don't know. It depends on how you want to go out because he's going out either way. Mm -hmm. 
He has a. I think he he might have. He has a chance of being a tank because he's so. I mean, tank is so much taller than tank. So he can use that jab and keep tanking the distance. But I think Tank's gonna figure him out in this and put that, put that, put that, that motherfucking equalizer on him, and he gonna be spread the fuck out on his. Head. It's gonna look. It's not a good look. You feel me? But also, as a dude that's known for his skill, you know, which is Haney's known. He's a skill boxer. He's a skill boxer. You know what I'm saying? Shakur is gonna make him look a particular way as well. And the way Shakur beats you up is just making you look stupid and brutalizing you. Boom, you know, just beating you, beating you up over time. He ain't got that equalizer, but he got that pop though. And it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, I think either way, he I think one way he's gonna be I go out on his back. The other one he'll go outstanding, but it'll be a TKO, nigga. Because I think Shakur gonna cook him too. But so I think the Shakur fight will happen first. Um, it depends if he wants to, you know, to do that first and not go out super sad and like <laughs> have his brand take a big hit. You know, because that box is about that. You know what I mean? Popularity and brand. Or, you know, he wants to get the big bag, go for gusto, you know, potentially have a chance. But if he get figured out, like, I think Tank is a very, very smart fighter. Very fucking smart. Yes. Niggas, very smart. You know what I'm saying? Niggas think he's, because he's, you know, doesn't speak a lot and all that. But uh, he, I think he's going to figure him out and sit his ass down. You feel me? He fooled either yeah. way to me. Yeah, they think And he's a great fighter. I don't, I'm not saying this is a nigga that don't like Haney. I don't like what he did in that... Um, in that, in that standoff when he pushed Loma, come on, bro. And then you get bullied in a fight by the little nigga. You feel me? That's that's that was weak. But uh, but yeah, man, embarrassing yourself in front of all the black folk. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just because Tank might be an IG live, honey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that motherfucker's boxing mind is incredible. He knows, dude. Like you said. Yeah, yeah, Tank, Tank out there, he, he be putting that shit on, got all, you know what I'm saying, he be, he be out here looking cute, taking photos and all that shit. Dancing in his me? papa's like, uh, church shoes, you seen that clip? You, all of that shit, he be, he be in it with drawers on, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Goofy, goofy nigga shit. Yeah. But he a motherfucking lion in that fucking Hell ring. Yeah. He's a lion with a computer as big as a fucking, as big as a fucking room, you know what I right. mean? And that's what he does. He don't, he's the most efficient puncher in boxing. He doesn't throw a lot, but when he when he when he when he does throw, it it generally lands, and when it lands, it hurts. You right. know what I'm saying? And so, like, yeah, you saw he was playing Garcia, and not only did Garcia supposed to be one of the fastest fighters, they talking about that fast right. He said, he said, you you sleep. There was a, a, a clip after he's like, he's so slow, he's so good, nigga. You said like you think that's slow. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a different mind in boxing. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, G. It's it, it, it. We got a lot to look forward to, but uh, they talked about four kings. I think it was like Garcia, Haney, um, Shakur, and uh, and Tank. I think it's Tank. I think the kings is really Shakur and Tank, and and I think because because Shakur's boxing IQ was just god tier at his age. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I think he's the best. But uh, with that equalizer, you can never count uh, Tank out. That fight, that scrap will be nigga. Dr charge 200 I'm paying that shit fuck it nigga you only live once I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hate pressing the button when I press pay but I'm gonna pay for that motherfucker that fight gonna be beautiful that's gonna be you can come over here and fight. watch it on uh, on someone's Facebook stream with me oh, oh, oh okay you got you, you you got the scribble scrambler yeah, in there yeah, what we yeah, got yeah, over yeah, there yeah. G oh yeah we're good okay you got all yeah, of that yeah. run me that okay uh -huh. yeah you know, okay okay my guy I love it <laughs> well, I'll pull up and you'll want to watch that fight too Mike for real it's gonna be a good Scrap. I'll always be happy to watch a fight with other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right, right. And, and I want to say this Loma Haney scrap was a good scrap. It was tainted 
with like some like that one 112, 116 car was bad. You feel me? And there were some really close rounds. So I get, you know, but at, at best, Haney was at best it was a draw. At best it was a draw. You know what I mean? This is this is the fight that we that people bought. Wanted to wanted to see when they bought Garcia Tank. What would, they wanted to see a close fight like this, what would and there was no way that was gonna happen. Like, what would a better tiebreaker be for boxing? Like in soccer, we have penalty kicks. You know what I mean? Like, should they like maybe just like play a boxing video game against each other if it goes to a decision or something? Like something better than two dudes fighting each other for however long, and then you're sitting around waiting for someone to turn a, a scorecard in. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, let, back let in the, the corner, day, wasn't let, it let the like corner slap box, bro? Right, 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 right. Let the corner slap box. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the they, I know, but they, you know, there's some historical precedent to that. This is my second. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> I Did they used to have fight like twenty round fights that you just fought so you couldn't fight no more? You know if what I'm saying? If you like, look at like the history of um, of like the like the bare knuckle fights. Like that, like that. Would, yeah, they're yeah, like I mean, forty-three round fights and shit. Yeah, like, and just tell a motherfucker fight, just stop coming out. Out, out and of Dudes would fight on Saturday and Sunday, bro. Like, like, but, 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 like <laughs> it was, it was, it was fifteen round fights until a dude literally got killed in the ring in like the yeah. the fourteenth round. Then they reduced that shit to twelve. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Didn't um like that's uh, why boxing Ali Frazier go like sixteen yeah. or something. Ali Frazier like, and I think Frazier just finally said, "Bro, I just can't get up for another round." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think Ali at one uh, point Ali said. Foreman in, in, I mean, was yeah. it Foreman? Yeah. I thought I thought he sat Foreman and had big ass down. But no, uh, no, 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 no. You're right. He sat Foreman down. Frazier didn't come. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Because I yeah, remember but, Frazier uh, saying saying that was the closest he felt to death when he couldn't like. Right, run, right. Run, and run and, that, and that same round when he to get off, I think Ali said, "Yo, cut these gloves off of me." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I after this round, I don't like <laughs> like. And, and Frazier didn't get up. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, they was fighting. Till just you literally couldn't fight no more. That was I'm glad they made that illegal, brother. That's not a sport. You you gotta dance with death every time you get into the mm-hmm. ring, bro. That shit, you know, it's already it's already, you know, you know, dangerous enough, G. All right. That's all the time we got for Jenkins and Jones tonight. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Uh hopefully there's a Lakers game <laughs> on that night, but they gotta they gotta earn a post game show from us by winning on Monday. We'll see what happens. Uh but there we'll, won't be. It's we'll, okay. We'll talk to <laughs> We'll talk to y'all. Let's get to the finals, baby. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.